Well, hi, Ashley. It's nice to meet you through video. Thanks for coming on and being a guest on this podcast of mine. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So um, I am a mother of three kids. I am a yoga teacher. I am, I work for a, um, a, a nonprofit that works with a, works with a government agency. I, I work with the deaf and the hard of hearing. Um, I, I am a children's author. Um, and I have, uh, a lot of, a lot of pets. Um, I, I seem to be a collector of pets. Um, I have fish, I have a frog, I have snails, I have crabs, I have dogs. I don't have a cat because my husband's allergic, but I would love to have a cat again. Um, and, and I, um, what else? I have bipolar, I have OCD, I have ADHD. Um, I am a, a little bit of everything. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's kind of me in, in, in a nutshell. <laughs> oh, thank you. I love all the pets too. That's really, um, I feel like pets are so calming in a way. They are. Oh, so. and I recently got a tortoise. She's sleeping. She's in her bermation right now. She oh. should come in the next couple months. So sometimes I forget about her because she's, she's sleeping. I always wanted a tortoise. That's cute. Yeah. She's wonderful. Okay. So your, you, your work, um, revolves a lot around children. Like you work yes. with children, right? And kids. And Okay. Yes. I, I work a lot with children. I, um, I work with the deaf and the hard of hearing. I work with children with mental disabilities I work with children with physical disabilities. Um, I really, I really strive to, to see how I can assist them and how I can empower them. Yeah. What got you into wanting to work with this population? Oh, um, it started when my children were, were young. Well, I've always wanted to, I've always wanted to help people. Um, when I was young, I didn't know a better word for, it. I just wanted to help people. I wanted to make people feel, feel safe, feel like they could, they could do things. So I started out like as a lifeguard and then I thought maybe I want to be a physical therapist and none of those things worked out. Um, and, and then I, I found yoga and I was like, I can, I can make people, you know, find ways to, to work with their bodies and, and do things, um, they didn't know how to do. Um, and then when I had my children, they, they couldn't communicate. They, they couldn't communicate, um, verbally. And so I found American sign language and I found that I could help them find their own voice through American sign language. And then I found out that children with disabilities, uh, often, you know, they also couldn't communicate with something. It's just not just children who are deaf. And so I found that through American Sign Language, you know, they could be empowered to, to have a voice. And so I, I actually, with my friend, we started a nonprofit here in Bakersfield. Um, it's called ASL Junction. And we, uh, we work with children who are deaf, hard of hearing, 
and children with disabilities um, to, to help these children be able to learn how to communicate and to find um, their own peers. And as we, as we worked with them, I, I found this job that I'm currently working at and it's been a blessing to be able to, to reach into a larger audience. So, and it really, it really started out with, with kind of an innate desire to empower people and then being given the tools uh, to, to develop that and having someone else who, uh, she, her son is, her son is hard of hearing. And so uh, through, through the two of us, we were able to, to get the ball rolling and, and figure out how we were able to do this. And then now I have my, my children are also, they have anxiety and they have ADHD. And so I'm able to, to, um, give them their tools, um, on how to work with their own mental challenges. Yeah. That sounds really, um, interesting and like a really good field to be in. Um, what are some of the challenges that you feel you experience with this type of work? Um, a lot of it's awareness. So awareness is one. Um, and a lot of times teach, you know, people who, who are, we call them deaf plus people who, who are deaf plus a different, you know, an, either another physical disability or a mental disability. Um, giving them the, the ability to, to find out how to communicate, um, whether it's a developmental disability where they, they aren't mentally on track with how old they are. Um, you know, that can, that can be really hard with getting them to communicate. And, and that's, that is a big challenge. Um, another one is, is a lot of, even though they they may know sign language, um, their guardians may not know sign language, and so they may be able to communicate with another person who knows sign language. You know, it, maybe that's someone in the deaf community, but the people around them um, they can't communicate with, so they're stuck at home, you know, all day long, and they have they, they they're isolated, and so that's another big concern is we're trying to help them help their family understand that they need to be able to, to communicate. They need to be able to, to not be isolated at home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So through your um, nonprofit, um, it kind of gives them like a little community of support too, right? Oh my gosh. It It gives them the children, the children have other people who are learning sign language. And then it's also open to hearing people. So, you know, you may have, so someone may have a friend at school who is deaf and they're like, I want to learn sign language. Where do I learn sign language? And so they can come to this nonprofit and they can start learning sign language. They can go back to school and say, I learned, you know, you know, how are you? I learned, you know, my name is, and they're, and they're able to start, you know, communicating with this deaf friend. And then all of a sudden, this deaf friend has someone to sign with. And so it just opened up their field of, 
of communication. Um, and then the parents are able to talk to other parents and be like, okay, here are my challenges. This is what I'm dealing with at school with, with a school administration. And then the other parent can say, hey, I'm dealing with the same thing. This is what I'm trying. And so the parents are able to communicate and say, I have someone else to talk to who understands my struggles with this specific topic. And all of a sudden the parents have support. So not only are the children getting support and the children are having someone to talk to, but the parents are getting support. And so it's a wonderful community that this nonprofit has been able to, to create. And then this last year, we've really been able to pull in the deaf community and say, hey, these families, because 90% of the deaf community, 90% of deaf children come from hearing adults. And so if they don't have support from the deaf community, then these hearing adults um, don't know what to do. They have no resources. They don't know what to do. So we've been able to pull in these deaf parents or these deaf adults and say, hey, can you start to mentor these, these hearing parents and show them, you know, how to work with the system so that their deaf children can grow up into this community and be a functional deaf adult. And it's, it's really been a beautiful thing how it's been working out. Yeah, that sounds really amazing because I can imagine how, like you said, how isolating it must feel at the beginning and just kind of feel like, you know, who would understand or who can I go to for help? And just having that community of other people, their parents who just get it, you know, like couldn't relate to your story like that. Yeah, that's really amazing. Yeah, it's it's been wonderful. Um, how do you incorporate, cause I was reading a little bit, um, about your, what you sent me or whatnot. Um, how do you incorporate the yoga part into it or is that something well, else separate? So the yoga part really plays into the mental health. Okay. Um, so the yoga part, um, plays into the kids with their mental health because that is, especially since COVID, uh, the anxiety and depression in children has just skyrocketed. And again, that, that goes back to the isolation that goes back to isolation. Um, but so I, my goal is to make yoga fun. My goal is to bring kids in and again, to create a, a community, create something playful where they can just, you know, enjoy and fall in love with, fall in love with yoga, fall in love with something where, you know, when they're at home, they can be like, oh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling, you know, not fun. I'm or not, you know, not happy. And then they can think, oh, there was this really fun yoga song that we did um, that I want to do right now. And so they do this yoga song and the benefits of, of this yoga, this yoga pose you know, all of a sudden makes them feel better. And so it's kind of like tricking the brain into, um, into doing something really good for the body, but in a way that's really playful. Um, does that make sense? No. Yeah, it does. Um, how, well, how, how are they, how do they receive that? Cause I know, I mean, I've tried yoga 
it was like really challenging for me, but like for children and stuff, um, how do they receive that with yoga and everything? So the little kids eat it up, the little kids up to age six, eat it up like nothing else. Um, they love the songs. They love the games. They think this is the best thing in the, in the entire world. Um, kids six to six to 10, they like, they, they really enjoy it. They, they don't like the songs as much. Um, cause they think, you know, they're, they're babyish, they're babyish songs. Um, they like the challenges. They like being challenged to do something. Um, so we do more challenges with them. And then, so, um, sorry, I just had a brain. <laughs> it's okay. Right now. Um, so, so with them, we, we do more, we do more fast paced stuff. Uh, so, you know, can you do 10 sun salutations? Can you stand up, sit down, put your feet over your head and then come and stand up, you know, 10 times. And we think we make, that's how we make those things games. We make them, you know, challenges. And then, and we tire them out that way. And then with the teenagers, they're the ones we can sit down and say, okay, we're still going to make, you know, we're still going to flow. We're still going to do different things. But now I want you to start thinking about your breath. Mm-hmm. Now I want you to start thinking about, okay, you know, here's, and we start bringing mind body into it. And they're the ones that can really start thinking about those things and slowing down. And we can bring in that aspect mm-hmm. and they really respond. The other kids, we can, we can talk about it. We can breathe, you know, we can say, okay, take a deep breath, you know, exhale, inhale, teach them how to breathe. And like, talk about like when you're upset or anything, you can breathe, but we don't focus on that. That's just a tool for when you're upset but not for, we don't meditate with little kids. They just, their brains are constantly going Mm -hmm. that they're just not quite ready to meditate. That's for the older kids. That's for our teenagers. They're more ready to meditate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That totally makes sense. I like how you um, break it up differently for each age group, Mm -hmm. right? To kind of, um, yeah, like it fit into what they're, where they're at, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I like that. Um, how can people incorporate this into their own lives at home? Because you're up in Bakersfield, so I don't know. Like, yeah. right? Like, how, how can people incorporate this um, if they wanted to start doing some of these things in their own home, you know? How could they do so, that? So if they have little kids, kids under the six, age of six, I actually have a little coloring book on Amazon that has, I think like 10 or so yoga poses, or you can go on my website and I have like 20 yoga poses on my website that you can, that you can do. Um, so there's, for the little kids, there's that. Um, for older kids, again, there's the, what there's, there's all the yoga poses. There's all yoga poses on my website. So you can, you can find that also for little kids. I have a podcast. Um, it's called kids reading yoga. And I take you through favorite, um, children's stories like brown bear, brown bear, very hunger caterpillar, snowy day, and all sorts of like favorite kids stories. And then I teach the parents the yoga sequence. 
Mm-hmm. And so the parents can go through the yoga sequence. They can jot it down and say, okay, here's my yoga sequence. And then they sit down, they read the book and they're like, okay, you know, in the light of the moon, a little egg lay in the light. So like egg. Okay. So that's, that's child's pose. Okay. You know, Tommy do child's pose. Mm-hmm. And then they go through the story and say, okay, that's mountain pose. Tommy do mountain pose. And so as they're reading, if they're anything like my kids, my kids can't sit down and, and listen to a story. My kids don't. They're up, they're running around. So this is for those kind of kids. Mm-hmm. As I can say, you know, as I'm reading, Tommy do this, Tommy do this, Tommy do this, Tommy do this. Um, and then Tommy's paying attention because he's like, what's the next pose? What's the next pose? And he gets really excited. He wants to know what the next pose is. He's paying attention to the book um, and he's doing yoga. So for the little kids, that podcast is really good. And maybe, maybe even up to like the age of, you know, seven, eight, my daughter loves it too. Um, she's actually on the first couple of episodes. She's, she's in the, she's in it with me. Um, and then she likes picking out the stories for everyone. Um, so again, there's a podcast for other people. Um, I have a new book coming out, um, coming out in May. Again, that's up to about the age and there's a yoga sequence in there. Um, yeah, I have some, I have some little sequence. I have some little videos on my website. There's all sorts of little things, but not so much for anything above the age of eight. Mm -hmm. I'm still working on content for above the age of eight. Um, because my kids are my my oldest kid is eleven, so it's most of my stuff. My daughter loves participating and she loves creating sequences, so most of my stuff is for her age and down. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I don't have online classes at this time. But that's yeah. So my children's stories, um, my podcast. Those are how people can, I do um, one-on-one sessions. I can do video mm-hmm. on one-on-one sessions. Those are things you can do. But I yeah. love that. That's like so creative. Like I wouldn't have thought of that. Like incorporating <laughs> yoga or some type of physical activity into books or reading. They're like, so fun. Yeah, that sounds like it really keeps the kids engaged. Oh my gosh. Right? They love it. They, they absolutely love it. It's um, it's a really, it's a really fun thing to check out. It's a really fun thing to check out. I've, I've had a lot of people just tell me how much their, their kids love, you know, they just sit there and they just wait for the next post and they're like, mom, you know, what are, what are we doing next? Mm-hmm. And they love the the books that are, that have been selected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My daughter loves brown bear. So yeah, it's a really <laughs> and brown bear is an easy one to do because there's a lot of yoga poses that have to do with animals. So that one, that one was a, a good one to do. Yeah. I know, um, guess how much I love you. I'm trying to get that one out for Valentine's day. Mm. So there's yeah. a couple ones that, that we'll see if they get out in time. That's awesome. Um, can you talk a little bit about how yoga can help with other things like anxiety? Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, so there's certain poses in yoga that, 
that just naturally lend to um, releasing tension. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of anxiety can, can stem from, from holding tension in the body. Um, so if you're currently in a panic attack, doing yoga is not going to be the best thing to do. I'm just going to say that out right. If you're in the middle of a panic attack, doing yoga is not going to be the best thing. Um, if you're leading up to a panic attack, you're like, oh, I feel it coming on. There are some poses that are going to be helpful. Um, one can be, you know, chair twists. And and this is, I have, oh, Instagram's another one. Instagram, I'm working on an Instagram video where I talk about about four or five poses that are good for anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of them is chair twist where you just sit in a chair and then you just, you just twist to the side and then you turn your head the opposite side. That's one that's good for anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is just taking your hands to a wall stepping your feet back. So your feet are underneath your hips, your hands are in line. Um, your hands are in line with your shoulders and you're just kind of like at an L shape against the wall. Mm -hmm. And then you just kind of stay there for four or five breaths and then you come up. Um, that's another really good one for anxiety. Um, another good one for anxiety is actually the exact same shape, but you're on the ground, your torso, your, your whole, whole back is against the ground. And then you put your legs up the wall. That's another good one for anxiety. Um, for anxiety, you want to like open up the chest. You don't want to open it too much. Cause you know, that can, that can stress out and cause more anxiety, but you want to open up the chest. You want to get air into the lungs. Um, so those are some good poses for anxiety. And, and again, you just want to breathe you want to try to breathe not so much into your belly but breathe into your lungs not the top chest but breathe about where your sternum is Mm -hmm. breathe there and then try to also feel like where your armpits are and just breathe very laterally and breathe nice and slow in through your nose out through your mouth so that those are some poses that can help with anxiety and it just it's So for yoga, so I was taught in yoga that we don't necessarily explain why it's able to benefit because we're not doctors. Mm -hmm. We're not doctors. We can't, you know, there's no necessarily, no necessarily, you know, medically explanation. But these are things that we have found. These, These are poses that we have found that help with anxiety does that make sense it does yeah okay because it's just so amazing how the body is connected to the mind and like even just thinking about it you know just stretching um is has such a calming effect with just relaxing your your muscles that tension you know that comes with anxiety and so yeah like uh, it's just totally amazing and I could see definitely how yoga would help with that. And there have been studies. There's been a lot of studies on how yoga helps with anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just doing, just doing any yoga can help, you know, lower anxiety. Mm-hmm. But those poses necessary, those poses particularly as you're leading up to, as you, as you feel it coming on, not when you're in the middle of the anxiety attack, 
Because when you're in the middle, my husband has severe anxiety. When my husband's in the middle of an anxiety attack, you know, there's, you know, you're just trying to survive. You feel mm-hmm. like the world is falling. You feel like, you know, you're about to die. My husband feels like the, he's about to die. So you're just focused on surviving at that point. And that's what you need to do. Focus on surviving, focus on breathing and get through that anxiety attack. If you need to take some medicine, if you need to take that, that Prozac, if you need to take that medicine, take that medicine, get through that anxiety attack. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you can do some yoga afterwards. You can do something afterwards to try to release the stress. Yeah. So it would be, uh, towards, I mean, after to relieve the stress. And then mm-hmm. would it also be something that people could use in a preventative way? Oh, absolutely. You yeah. can do that every day. And you can do yoga every day to help prevent. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm definitely going to check out your your books and everything like you know yeah, the stuff that you offer. Instagram. Um, my Instagram has a lot of a lot of tips, a lot of stuff on on yoga. Yeah. Okay. Um for anyone that may be listening, um what is your website and your Instagram? I have monopolized uh read and yoga. So my website is read andyyoga.com. My Instagram is the at sign read and yoga. And then my, then my podcast is kids read and yoga. Yeah. So that'll be easy to find and remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you just search read and yoga, you're going to find me. Yes. Okay. Well, I really appreciate you just taking a, a few minutes to come on and talk about this. Hopefully anyone who may be listening resonates with some of this stuff or are like oh okay like I didn't think of that before let me check it out and so but it it is and it sounds truly helpful and so yeah thank you for coming on and just speaking on this thank you having me on I love having the chance to talk about it yeah thank you